Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bobby's Bites. So this week's Bobby's Bites is a special Bobby's Bites, because it's the last one for the year. Because, as we know, Sunday night is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, the, the new year, the Jewish new year, the head of the year where we ask for a sweet new year. And so this, this sicha, this Bobby's Bites, we're going to talk about how we're going to have that sweet new year. What, we, what are we going to do? And it starts with this week's Parsha, which is Parsha Snitzavim, which is very appropriate to enter the new year. Where Moses says, you are standing firmly, all the Jews, you are standing firmly all together in order to bring you, and I'm paraphrasing, right? In order to bring you into the covenant of God, your God, and his oath, which God, your God, is making to you today. Which I think is pretty appropriate as Rosh Hashanah is the time where we coronate Hashem as our king, where we once again enter the covenant, where we reestablish this. But interestingly, at the end of the Parsha, it says, See, I have given you today life and good, or death and evil. And I am commanding you today to love God your God, to walk in His ways and observe His commandments, His super-rational commands, His rational commands, so that you will live and prosper. God your God will bless you in the land of which you are coming to take possession. But then, in the end, He says, once again, See, well, I, I'm calling upon the heaven and the earth, which are eternal as a witness against you. I have set before you a choice of life or death, blessing or curse. Choose life, then you and your children will live. So this is an interesting thing because it's like I've put before you good and bad and God tells you, well, choose good. Well, that's not really a choice then, is it? Because it's, it's, it's more of like a, a command, which he's saying, I command you to choose life. So on this, Rashi explains that he, he gives an explanation, which is, it kind of is already understa- understandable. It's like, okay, like, choose life. But it's seemingly a little bit funky because understandably we would choose life. So Rashi says, he explains it by saying, by the, the idea that you should choose life, you should choose the portion of life. And then he says that this is like, an inheritance. When some, when a father gives his children an inheritance, he he calls them over and he says, "Take for yourself the best thing." And then he and then he says he he points to to the nicest test and he says, "Here, son, this this is what you should really take for yourself." And then further, Rashi quotes uh, a, a a passage in Tehillim, where he says, "Of this it says, Hashem is my allotted portion and my cup." You guide my lot, right? My my lottery. Like I'm at, like when when you have a lottery, it's like it's already chosen for you. You place my hand upon the good lot, as it says. Take this for yourself. So there's a lot to unpack there, but fundamentally, it's kind of like this, or at least from what I understand it to be, which is that choose for yourself life. So in the inheritance portion, where 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 we have the analogy of a father to the, to the son. The father knows what, what he has, what is good. And he says, that I have all these things, right? I have all these items that you can choose from that might appeal to you now, but I've lived my life. I'm coming to the end. And I really know what's valuable. Not just on a valuable monetary level, but valuable on a level that will serve you, that will help you in your life fully. And that means something, and I'm going to explain it in a bit. But so he says, you know, this all might be appealing to you, but choose the best thing from here. And 
not just that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do good, more goodness. And I'm going to tell you, this is the best thing for you. Right. But you can take a horse to, to water, right. And you can, but you can't make it drink. So that's, that's another idea. It's like, you can, you can show what is good, but not necessarily will the person take it. And then furthermore, right. That Hashem, Hashem put someone's that Hashem put your hand upon the, the good lot. So what does this all mean? Well, there, I'll say it by virtue of something that occurred in, in a psychological experiment. It's not really an experiment, but it's more of a test. It's called the marshmallow experiment. Um, and I might have talked about it in the past, but I think it's apropos here. The idea is you give children um, a marshmallow and you sit them in a room with absolutely nothing else and you say, okay, man, listen, if you can withhold yourself, from eating this marshmallow, in five minutes, I will give you two marshmallows, right? And then you see what the kids do. And, you know, most of the kids kind of pick at it and they kind of move it around. Some kids, you know, some kids do and they, some kids eat it. Um, and then if they don't eat it, they get the second marshmallow. So what does this test come to show? This test comes to show that it's a predictor. You follow these kids throughout their lifespan, and the kids who had the the power to withhold themselves from eating the second from eating the first marshmallow and got the second marshmallow did by far better in their life than the kids who just you know caved and ate the marshmallow because they were impulsive and this speaks to something that like there are things in life that seem immediately good they are they're immediately immediately pleasurable right but that isn't what is good in the long run and this is indicative of, of what, what is shown in, in the marshmallow experiment and also what, what is talked about in this inheritance, experience, in, in inheritance idea, in this inheritance, uh, sorry, analogy. And even further, I, I had a conversation with this lady and she goes to me, she says, you know, I'm older than the, I'm older than the queen and the queen is dead. And, and I was like, well, that's funny. But she goes, you know, I, want, I, I lived my life, I was never really very Jewish and, you know, now I want to... I want to keep kosher. And now I want to do all these things. She's 96, 97 years old. And she's wanting to do all these things. And then she tells me, she says, you know, I was the cool grandma. I was very liberal. I was very left. I was very, I would say things have to come naturally. But she said, that's BS. You have to work. You have to try. You have to be discerning. And she said, and now I know, because what's the point of being a cool grandma when your kids don't come visit you? So, here is this, the point of, of the analogy, is that the father has, has lived their life. They know that there's, there's things that are pleasurable, that are immediately pleasurable. And they say that that's death. Like, you choose that, that's death. But you, who's just starting your life, or, or at least at different points in your life, things look pleasurable. They look like it's good for you. Like, this is like what I want to do now. I want to go, go clubbing. I want to go party. I want to go do these things. But... In your youth, this is a time you should be setting up. You should be you should be working hard to set up a family, to set up a system of, of ideology that you can orient yourself by that will guide you in the future to set yourself a family and so on and so forth and to live by the Torah and his values and that will that will hold you for the rest of your life. And not just that, right? And so that's why the father says, he points, take this, choose the best thing and take this. And then the analogy of the lot is that our life is a lottery. At least in my opinion, it's like you didn't choose your body. You kind of just fell into this 
body into this life, into this family, into this system of social networks that you, that you exist in, into the community, into this geographical location, into this time, right? So like there's a new innumerable amounts and that's your life. You already have it. You already exist in it. God placed you in it and you're a Jew and you have to live in that way, in that conduct. Now take it, right? So, so you're chosen. It's already there. You already have it. Now take it because here in today, in today's society, we have, you know, it's okay. You could be whatever you want. You could be a starfish. You could be a goldfish. You could be whatever you want. You could, if you don't like something, you can quit. But what Hashem is telling to us here, it's like you're born specific, you're born with life immediately. You have it. Around you is death. The peripheral, the, peripher- the periphery of your eyes is death. It might seem like life. It might seem to you like life, but I am God who created you, who, who, who put you into this world, into this body, who gave you the breath of life, who chose the specific location for you to be in. And trust me, like I know. It's like, that's life. And not only is that life, but that's your life. That's who you are. So don't try and uh, don't choose anything else. Don't serve other gods. Don't, don't follow other things. And uh, I mean, this is not said in the Sikha, but this is my own kind of idea here, which is that when Hashem says, I'm calling upon the heaven and the earth, which are eternal, right? The heaven and the earth, they live forever and they stand. It's only us who change. We change throughout the earth. But guess what? The heaven and the earth are natural. God made them. And they don't have to think about when to blossom. They don't have to think about when to shed their leaves. They don't have to think about when when to rain or when to shine. And so on and so forth. But these are the systems. And that's life. And that's the way God created. And if you look to them, they're a witness. But if you look to them for guidance, you see that this is the way God created things. You don't have to, you don't have to be... You don't have to be discerning. You just have to trust that this is what God set out as a plan. And this is the way it will work. Because if the trees started to, to think about if they wanted to be a grass, and the grass thought about it, that thought, thought that they wanted to be the sun, and the moon thought that it wanted to be a star, things would not work. It only works when we take the life that we have, the nature that we have, the, the essence that we have, and we move forward with it. And we move forward with it. Because the rest of it is death. So choose life. And by choosing life, you choose God and you coronate God and, and, you, and, and God becomes the king and we his people. And this then is how we enter Rosh Hashanah. We enter it by fulfilling ourselves. And this ties back to the, to, to, to the, to the Sikha of Chayel that we spoke about, which is that Chayel brings, brings, injects the vitality and life into, into Elul of how to serve God, that we each have an individual way of how to serve God. It's our life. It's the way, it's what God gave us and how we need to serve it. Yes, there's nuances. Yes, there's differences in who we are and what we are and, and, and what we might think and, and our different, uh, different preferences and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, we have the same goal, which is serving God, which is making this world a better place, which, which is building a family, which is building a home, which is adding kindness into this world. And these are the things that endure and will last forever. And the fact that the, 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 the heaven and the earth are brought as a witness that we should choose these things is not just because of, firstly, what I said earlier, but also for the fact that they are also eternal, that what you choose now will endure and it will last and it is life. And it's not just life momentary. It's not just the act that you do now. It's not a simple choice that you make and it will just not affect anything further than this momentary 
aspect of choosing, but rather it will endure infinitum, till the end of time, till Mashiach comes. So with that, on that note, choose what is yours, choose what you have, choose yourself and choose Hashem, because all these things are you. We make these calculations that maybe if I did this, maybe if I did that, but the way things work out is the way they, is the way they work out. And, the way, and who you are is, is who you are. And, and that is exceptionally beautiful. And when you follow the Torah, when you follow the conduct, you reveal yourself. You reveal who you truly are, your full and true potential. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. But like the marshmallow experiment, you get another marshmallow in the, at, at the end if you just hold out, if it's difficult. But when you, just, when, when you, when you lose sight of the goal, you lose sight of, of the purpose of life, of the meaning of life, then you cave to the momentary pleasure, you cave to death, you cave to things that might seem good, the, the, the world around us, which is calling to us and saying, this is how you should live life. But we have to stand strong and resolute and say, no, this is not how we should serve, serve, live life. How we, sh- how we should live, live life is the way God said, what he chose to us. And guess what? I'm taking that choice. I'm taking that pick. So with that being said, We'll see you next year. May everyone have a sweet and happy and joyous new year. And may we be inscribed and sealed in the book of life. And may we always choose life. May it never be a, a, a hard decision. May it only be something that is, that is completely intuitive. That you're like, no doubt, this is the right option. And with that, we'll see the coming of Mashiach. Amen. See you all next year.